Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. Folks, it feels amazing to be back. We had our little uh, spring March break there. Uh, we didn't have our show for two weeks. So thank you for tuning in this week. Dominic and I feel recharged and uh, ready to do the show. A lot of good stuff to talk about, free agency and, uh, you know, those franchise tags being used, all those new deals being done. Dominic, I'm super pumped and excited to be back uh, doing the show. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you are too. Yeah, man. William, we are back for a new season. This is going to be an exciting one. This is my favorite time of the year. Free agency just around the corner. NFL draft a month away. Let's get this show started. Yes, Dominic, let's do that. Yeah, March 15th basically officially is when all the free agency frenzy is going to begin and everything becomes official. But we've got some breaking news that happened just this past week. Uh, in the last few days, we got Derek Carr signing a four-year, $150 million deal to join the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, this has come as a bit of a surprise to some. I know I personally thought he was going to be taking his talents to the New York Jets. But no, he's going to the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints have been looking really for that quarterback ever since Drew Brees retired. And we knew Derek Carr... Um, had his eyes on uh, on a few teams, and the Saints were one of them. The Saints were going to be a team making a push for him. But yes, it is the New Orleans Saints signing him to a four-year, $150 million deal. And if they can make it work, that would be, you know, obviously that'd be great. But he has the pieces. That's what I'm saying. He has, you know, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. Hopefully he's able to stay healthy. you got a guy like Jarvis Landry. So the New Orleans Saints, Dominic, have, you can say, upgraded their team now with the addition of Derek Carr. The division is definitely wide open. I think it's a lot of money. Um, is he worth it? Probably not. Uh, we know the Saints wanted to, you know, solidify their team and get that quarterback that they've been missing for a while now. I think that, you know, you look at the division and this potentially puts them at the favorites to win it. Um, I think if I was them, I would have made maybe a stronger push to go after a guy like Aaron Rodgers, potentially Lamar Jackson, if he's going to be available. But it's Derek Carr, you know, not a bad quarterback, typically middle of the pack, a guy that's going to be able to uh, to get it done at most times. And uh, look, he's got a new opportunity here. I'm excited for him. And obviously, you know, things didn't work out uh, in Las Vegas. So it'll be cool to see what happens with Derek Carr now. going to be wearing the black and gold. Yeah, there's a couple of ways we can look at this. I mean, you can look at it from a Derek Carr standpoint. I mean, yeah. Derek Carr, from his standpoint, he just won the lottery. He's entering a division that is wide open. He's got playmakers in Olave, Thomas. And if they re-sign Landry, man, then that would make three great wide receivers to have for Derek Carr to be Derek Carr. But on the flip side of the coin, as a New Orleans fan, how do you, how do you react to this? And I honestly think I'm 50-50 on this. Quite frankly, if you believe your team can win the Super Bowl, go ahead, bring in the veteran, Derek Carr. You're the guy, you're pretty much the best veteran that's out there. If you think that your team's still far away, this is just going to be a waste of time. And quite frankly, I kind of see it that way. Between Andy Dalton and Derek Carr, how much upside does Derek Carr have? I am not a Derek Carr fan. I've never been a Derek Carr fan. Believe it or not, I would go with Andy Dalton and his experience versus Derek Carr. So much for the Jameis Winston uh, kind of like, really horrible experience is the best way to yeah. put it and he's obviously going to be out the door so between Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton and now you're bringing in Derek Carr is it worth all that money my answer quickly is no but then again if you look at it on a standpoint of just trying to make the playoffs and winning the division it does make sense yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, look, the good thing is the division is wide open right now, right, for them. Tom Brady retires and, you know, Tampa Bay last year, even with Brady, didn't have the best of seasons. you got to look at it, is how much better did this New Orleans Saints team get? They got better, for sure. You know, you had a guy that you can see has, has somewhat proven himself in the NFL. I feel like you know what you're going to get with Derek Carr. And, you know, that's not necessarily a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing, but it's going to be tough. It, it's hard to see him taking this team over the top and taking them to the next level. Uh, granted, look, they did get better, like I talked about. And, you know, there wasn't um, 
too many, I guess you can say, quarterbacks available at the time, right? Rodgers, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, Lamar Jackson, we don't know what's going to happen with him either. So it's not to say that these guys were definitely going to leave their teams. And, you know, I think you brought up a good point, Dominic. If you look at it from Derek Carr's point of view, the, the guy won. You know, he's getting a lot of money. He's going in a division that's not too competitive. He's got weapons here. And uh, and I think he's going to a place where he's wanted. You know, like I talked about, New Orleans he has wanted to find that quarterback since Brees hasn't been there. Um, it's just, I, I feel like you know what you're getting with Carr, and I'm not sure that he's the missing piece to this team. I do think they're missing a quarterback. Is Derek Carr that guy? I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like you're putting a Band-Aid, you know, over a cut, and he's going to help for the last few years, but the next few years, potentially make the playoffs uh, a few seasons. But it, it's hard to see this team competing for an NFC title with a guy like Carr, just on what we've seen in the last few seasons. He's unfortunately just been inconsistent. Um, and, you know, whether that's due to the new pieces he's had, whether that's due to uh, him and uh, not being appreciated by his team, it's, it's going to be tough. I don't know. I, I like the move for him. I think you had a very good point there, Dominic. But for this team, I'm not sure. I can see them winning the division, but I, I'm not sure how much better they got uh, with this Derek Carr signing. Yeah, from the locker room standpoint, I see a lot of veterans on this football team. And I think at the end of the day, they had a team meeting. They want to win now. And they're bringing in Derek Carr to deliver the goods. Will it be the guy to lead this team to the promised land? We'll have to wait and see. But right now, my gut tells me no. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm inching towards you, Dominic, there on that one. We talk about uh, quarterbacks, Dominic. Let's stick with that trend. Geno Smith re-signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Three-year, $105 million contract. Uh, he really, really blossomed into a great quarterback this year, Dominic. And this surprise, man, he shocked me. I'm not going to lie. He really, really did. Did not uh, think he would have as good a year as he did and pick up those wins for the Seattle Seahawks. I think this is a match made in heaven right now, Dominic. We talked about after the season was over, that if Geno Smith was going to want to go anywhere, he was going to make a mistake. You know, he couldn't get greedy. He couldn't, you know, potentially go to, to different teams. I think right now the Seattle Seahawks system fits in perfectly. And I think that Pete Carroll got the most out of Geno Smith um, over the course of the season. And I think the three-year, $105 million contract, did Geno Smith deserve it? A hundred percent. A hundred percent he deserved it. I, I think it's going to be tough for him to replicate what he did this season. I really do. I hope he can. I'm really hoping for him. I do like Geno Smith. The question is, can he re can he do it again, right? was I don't think this season was a fluke. I think he put in a lot of hard work, and I think he has proven his worth in the NFL, and 1,000% he deserved the deal he got. Now, he deserved it based on what he did this past season. The question is, can he do it again next year? That's going to be... The big question to me and the question for Seattle Seahawks is going to have to answer. Yeah, for me, the way I see this is as long as Pete Carroll's the head coach for the Seattle Seahawks, quite frankly, he can have anybody at quarterback and he'll have a system to deliver. This guy is a special coach. He always has been. He's won a Super Bowl. He's proved it all. As for Geno Smith, another guy that won the lottery. But you said it yourself. He deserved it. He got out there. He proved a lot of people wrong. And he delivered the goods, brought this team to the playoffs. However, I don't think clearly Geno Smith is the long-term answer. And the Seattle Seahawks do know that Geno obviously is not the long-term answer. They have a guy that can plug the position right away and be competitive. However, look at the draft. This draft, in my opinion, might be a quarterback-loaded draft. I honestly do believe there's a special quarterback out there that would be perfect in this system. And that guy is Anthony Richardson. To me, he will be the best quarterback out of the draft only if he finds a home with the right coach. And that coach could very well be Pete Carroll. Anthony Richardson, Dominic, did he ever kill it in the combine? Crazy. I was looking at the stats this, this past uh, week, and, you know, they're showing, they're comparing him to guys he's taller than, he has bigger hands than this guy. He can throw the ball. Did you see his throws in the combine? He had, like, three straight 60-yard throws that he just made look completely effortless. I've been watching this guy's football tape even before yeah. the combine, and I was amazed at what I saw. Quite frankly, this guy is the new NFL. A combination of Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson is how I see this guy. He is the real deal. Clearly, the knock on him will be his accuracy. But as we all know, 
when we just saw the Philadelphia Eagles go really deep into the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl with what I would deem not the greatest accurate quarterback in Jalen Hurts. So that recipe for success will be replicated. And why not bring a guy like Anthony Richardson to do what a guy like Jalen Hurts just did? I think you hit on the uh, on the head there, Dominic. There is uh, a lot of great quarterbacks in this draft. I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what the Chicago Bears do at number one. That's something maybe we'll talk about later on in the show. I think this year's draft has a lot of question marks uh, in comparison to other years. So super pumped for that. Dominic, your boy, you're one of your favorite players in the NFL. Every time I th- think about this guy, I think about you, Dominic. You're a huge fan of his. You love the way he runs the football. He's old school. You know, he's smash mouth. He's going to run you over and not apologize afterwards. He does seem like a very chill guy and a good teammate. But I was shocked, shocked to hear yesterday as we record this, it's Tuesday, that the Derek, Derek Henry uh, is uh, potentially going to be on his way out of Tennessee. I couldn't believe this. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are looking to to trade uh, Derrick Henry. And my initial thoughts on this, Dominic, were that I was shocked. Now, if they do this looking to potentially upgrade at the quarterback position, for me, I think it's worth it. This is what I was talking to my dad the other day, and I think that if they do this to better their team, it's worth it. Now, obviously, you're going to say, yeah, of course it is, but Derrick Henry is the best player on this football team. One of the best players, football football players in the NFL, arguably the best running back in the NFL as well. So if you're looking to get rid of a guy like him, it has to be for obviously a bigger plan. Now, for me, the major thing that's lacking on the Tennessee Titans team is the quarterback. You know, I've never been a huge Ryan Tannehill guy. Malik Willis, I, I don't think he's him. We'll have to wait and see. He hasn't played all that much. But if they're doing this, you know, potentially looking to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers and pay him a lot of money or Lamar Jackson. Okay, to me, that makes sense. But you have to have that in mind when you're getting rid of a guy like Derrick Henry because right now he's one of the only reasons this team is staying afloat and competing for a playoff spot. But I don't know, Dominic. For me, I was just shocked to to see this. I can't imagine Henry in another uniform. Uh, For me, he was a Titan for life. And, yeah, I'm curious to see how uh, how you thought of that because uh, I know you're a big, big uh, Derrick Henry guy. And this would shake up the NFL if uh, Derrick Henry uh, is out of Tennessee. Oh, I agree 100%. Where would he end up? That's the million-dollar question if you trade a guy like Derrick Henry. I'm sure a lot of people would pony up big dollars to get a guy like Derrick Henry, specifically if they're in contention to win the Super Bowl. You know, Tennessee's reeling. Let's be honest here. They they had a Last year, they had a season where they had so many injuries that they kind of said to themselves, that was it, maybe. So this team has built through the draft they drafted a guy like Malik Willis for a reason you know maybe sometimes you don't get the right guy at quarterback and you find out right away but other guys are like you know Malik's just gonna have to learn the position and to be quite frank with you I mean you don't really need Derrick Henry if you're gonna make it all about Malik Willis it's a huge gamble because I also have a huge question mark on Malik Willis skill set but then again we got to give this guy an opportunity. I mean, a guy comes in, coming in like a rookie, you're going to get a rookie quarterback. So you can't expect him to blossom year one. Now, has he been developing properly? I don't know. What I do know is, is that there's a huge running back in this draft. And his name is Robinson from Texas. Yeah. I think this guy is going to be dynamite in the NFL. And if Tennessee's eyeing that guy, I understand why they would want to get rid of Derrick Henry, considering that the mileage has already been put on Derrick Henry's legs. And maybe it's time to turn the page and find someone new. Yeah, I I get that. And I think that, you know, if you have a a replacement for him and someone that plays similar to him, all that makes a lot of sense. I just think you have to have a plan in place. You talk about the mileage. It's a good point. He's, you know, he carries the ball uh, a heck of a lot over the course of the season. He's 29 years old, you know, so, you know, almost hitting 30. And uh, I I still think he has a lot of juice left in the tank. So I think they're going to have to be very strategic about this and whether they decide to go in the draft, whether they decide to, you know, you know, use that and the money, like I said, to get a quarterback. Um, I, I wonder because, you know, I, I read a report the other day saying, you know, Ryan Tannehill's job in Tennessee may not be all that safe. And, uh, and, you know, for, for a guy in Tannehill that, you know, seemed to be fitting pretty well with, uh, with A.J. Brown, 
and obviously took a big step when that when he ended up leaving. But yeah, this Tennessee team, Dominic, is a you know team we talk about. They they always have Super Bowl hopes, and uh, usually the uh, the front runners to win their division. And yeah, this team could look a heck of a lot different coming into next season. I know that you know we talk about uh, Henry and his talents. A ton of teams are going to want him, right? You know he is uh, he's really what you talk about in a running back, a guy that could run, a guy that could block. A guy that catches the passes out of the backfield, so I uh, I think it'll be huge to to see uh, where he goes. And I wonder, I wonder, you know, if he'll end up staying in Tennessee. Wouldn't be shocked to see him uh, to see him staying at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, exciting next uh, few couple of days to see what happens with him. So, Dom, let's continue on with our train of thought. I like what we talked about off-air, Dominic, and, uh, you know, we were talking about guys on the move, like Derrick Henry, and a guy that I really never thought would would be leaving his team. And, look, we don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, he's a chance he stays, a chance he retires, a chance he Things aren't looking so great for that right now. But uh, you had brought up a good point, Dominic, saying, like, look, the, the NFL this year is like a revolving door and you have guys leaving left and right. Um, and, you know, what's the what's the point in buying jerseys now, right? Because no one is safe. And uh, and it really does almost feel like the NBA, right, with guys changing left and right. What do you make of that as an NFL fan? I know you've been watching football for a while now and I'm kind of throwing a, a random question at you. For me, I find it exciting. You know, I do, um, I don't necessarily like the quote-unquote super teams of the, uh, the NBA. And uh, I feel like that's where the NBA lacks but I feel like with the NFL, with guys changing teams, there's still it, it's hard to create a super team in football. And I don't think that we've seen that, which is why I'm kind of okay with guys leaving. And I think that look, it just makes a for an exciting off season. B, you never know what's going to happen. And it really is a what can uh, you know have you done for me lately type league. And uh, you know it, it gives us you know stuff to talk about and uh, and it makes uh, you know makes it you know. Un- unpredictable and I think that's what makes the NFL so cool and uh and yeah what gives it really it's uh I guess I could say the top over over any other league yeah this has become a really a no mercy league the salary cap and people trying to win the Super Bowl very on an early stage with a young quarterback is what we're seeing and for the fans out there man I, I feel for every fan out there that is used to have a guy on their franchise for like 10 years being involved in the community I mean you still have a few of those but you don't have you know a good seven to eight to nine players that were consistently there for almost their entire career now it's all about what have you done for me lately and if you've done nothing for us and even if you've done a little bit something you're pretty much out the door and I just find that harsh. I really do. I know they're being paid millions of dollars, but some guys, you know, they put their money or some guys, I should say, they put their, their livelihoods on the line. Yeah. Game in and game out. And at any given Sunday, your time might be up. So that's the kind of like, you know, they do get paid millions. Don't get me wrong. They know what they're doing when they're signing their name on the contract. I just wish you know, it started off with the running back position. You're seeing the running back position, very short shelf life. Now you're seeing a bit like the quarterback position. Quarterbacks coming in the league, if, you, if you're not producing right away after your second year, you're yeah. pretty much gone. So this trend to try to win immediately is a product of the salary cap system. So I'm sure when there's going to be the new collective bargaining agreement, things might get tweaked in that area because I personally, as a fan, want to see guys stay in their team a lot longer than just four to five years. Yeah. I mean, well, it's tough, right? It's tough to build, you know, chemistry with guys, you know, with coaches in and out, uh, you know, if you're being shifted from team to team, it's tough just to learn a new system, right? I think that's a lot of times we people forget about that as, as a quarterback. It's, it's not easy to, you think, okay, whatever, this guy's open, I'm going to go throw him the ball. But like San Francisco, for example, has a heck of a different system than a team like Kansas City on the offensive side of the ball. So it's it's really it's not a, it's not an easy thing to do. And you know this brings me to to my next point, our next topic. You talked about you know guys not having too much of a chance. I got like Zach Wilson, for example, Dominic, the New York Jets. The Jets, they were well. We don't know if they were pushing for Derek Carr, but it looked like they had mutual interest there. Didn't get done. Derek Carr is going to the New Orleans Saints. So, like a guy, for example, like Zach Wilson, what do the Jets do? Do the Jets bring in, you know, try and fight for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, potentially um, Lamar Jackson? Like I think. 
think you potentially know what you have in in, uh, in Zach Wilson there, Dominic, with the New York Jets. But you know, I'd be a fan of you know potentially letting him stay with the team and you know seeing what what you uh, what you can do with him because look, he hasn't been in the league that long. But question for you, Dominic, and the New York Jets. I have my answer now that the Jets you know, failed or quote-unquote failed to get Derek Carr. Does this mean they're all in to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers and potentially boost that team? Because it seems like this team, you know, they're a few pieces away, yes, from being competitive, but a quarterback being the major piece that seems to be missing in New York. Do the Jets have no choice now but to go after Aaron Rodgers? That's a very good question. And I think that they should go after Aaron Rodgers, who would not want to have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, especially if you have a really good system, in my opinion, and you're ready to win now in the New York Jets. However, is Aaron Rodgers going to want to go there? That's why he went to meditate and to think about it for four (laughs) days and to try to get clarity as to where he wants to play next year. But no matter where he decides to play, I'm sure he will be the Aaron Rodgers of old, and he still has loads of talent to deliver on any NFL franchise. But like you said, who else could it be if it's not Aaron Rodgers? And I don't see many veteran quarterbacks that could go up there and uh, deliver. There was a weird story that I heard about Philip Rivers contacting, I believe, the 49ers and maybe even your Dolphins about playing next year or which was last year, I should say. So keep an eye out. I know this is a really odd and kind of like, I'm kind of like throwing a theory out there that don't be surprised if a guy like Philip Rivers gets an opportunity to play for a team like the New York Jets. Because if they're looking for a veteran veteran quarterback, the only other guy I see is Carson Wentz. And for whatever reason, he's failed every single place that he's played. But however... He is still a decent quarterback. So I don't know. Rivers, Carson Wentz, I don't know. I would probably go with with, with Rivers. I know that Wentz still has some, some upside, but, you know, a guy that wants to win a Super Bowl, and I know he's not the most accurate quarterback late in his career, and he's just been a gambler pretty much all his career. But you know what? I would literally take a flyer on Phillip Rivers if he wanted to come back in the NFL. You know, it's funny. I saw a report yesterday saying that he contacted some teams and potentially wants to end his retirement. I was like, damn, I was pretty surprised by that. But uh, look, I think I love Rivers. I think that everyone does. The NFL would be a great place um, uh, or the NFL would be a better place right, with uh, with uh, Philip Rivers back. And uh, everyone does love uh, does love him and what he brought to to his team. So I think he just makes it uh, a more exciting league. But to get back to New York Jets. I think they would have to go all in on a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Look, I know I talked about Zach Wilson. Maybe I'm contradicting myself here and what you have there. But you have a team that's pretty solid where you have, you have a very young core. That's I mean, There's no doubt about it. And I don't think people are expecting you know to go out and win a Super Bowl within the next few years. However, if you bring in a guy like Rodgers with all his experience, Dominic, he may. it's going to depend how he – just with the teammates, right? Just with teammates. And he, he seems to have had a, a problem with that, uh, with the Packers and the young guys he's had. It's going to take some time, right? Like these guys like Wilson here, uh, the guys he's got, you know, at the running back position as well. He's got a good core, but they not they may not, you know, hit stride right away and they may not see eye to eye right away if he decides to go to the New York Jets. And it's going to be something that he's going to have to accept, right? You know, things take time and it's not going to be, you're going to go and you're going to learn the playbook and bang, you're going to finish the season 17 and know and bring this team to the promised line. It's going to be tough. There's a reason this Jets team hasn't been, you know, relevant for the last little while and they just haven't been good. And I think that Rodgers would really help that franchise. And yeah, I can see that being a good fit, Dominic. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm going all in because like, look, you have guys like Jimmy G you can go after. Okay, potentially, you know, you talked about Carson Wentz. What's going to happen, you know, with Lamar, we'll talk about that later on in the show. But there seems to be mutual interest from A-Rod and the New York Jets. So, you know, why not strike a deal? He doesn't seem to be happy in Green Bay. It doesn't look like Green Bay wants to have him back either. I thought he'd be back in Green Bay. But, you know, the more this drags on and the more reports I read, it looks like his job there is done. So, you know, to answer my own question, I think this is a must for the New York Jets. Go after Rodgers. Be competitive fight for that division, and man, would that make that AFC East even more exciting than it already is. Oh, yeah, I agree. Aaron Rodgers in a New York Jets uniform would light up the city. I think the Giants, as much as 
a great year they had last year, people would be cheering for the Jets like crazy. And rightfully so. This team is a team on the rise. I predicted they're going to make the playoffs already this year, regardless of who is going to be quarterback. I honestly think the Jets are on the rise, will make the playoffs. And if they get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, will probably be in the AFC Championship. Hey, wow. Big stuff there from Dom Demisto. I like it. And I think that it would bring a ton of excitement to the city of New York. Let's stick to New York and the quarterback position there. Daniel Jones report says that he's looking for $45 million a year. And he had a great year this year. And I know a lot of people had mixed feelings on it. And I read an uh, article on the score and it was actually, you know, really good and really, really uh, well written saying why Daniel Jones, you know, deserves what he wants. I think $45 million is a lot. And I think when I think about the Daniel Jones situation, Dominic, I think similar to Geno Smith and they had great years last year and they did prove themselves, but by proving themselves, does that necessarily mean they're intact and worthy of a massive contract? So I do, you just sign them for maybe another year, see what you have there, see if, you know, it wasn't, I don't like saying the word fluke, but to, just to see if you could build off of this past year. I think with Daniel Jones, I know they've been doing it for a while. They've been doing a lot of, you know, prove it, prove it type deals with him. And he did prove it in this last season, but I just think if you're giving him like a four-year contract and you're giving him 40 plus million a year, I don't know, Dominic, I think I'd be a little bit more careful if I was a New York Giants than that. I know that he did great this year. I know they made the playoffs. I know they shocked a lot of people and he definitely did do it with a very poor receiving core. You know, let's call a spade a spade. They were thin at receiver. Kenny Galladay did absolutely nothing there. Uh, he is gone. So he really did impress me, Daniel Jones did, over the course of last season. I, I'm really excited to see with his new contract, A, if he gets one, and B, how he's going to do with the New York Giants again this season. Because I think he's going to need to replicate what he did this season. I don't think it's necessarily enough, basically, just to rely on what he did last season. Right? I think he's going to have to have another good year. And I'm curious. Cause I don't think the Giants want to give him 40-plus million a year. I think that's a lot. I am hoping for him. But I can see a new a new deal getting done soon for them, kind of in the range of maybe, let's say, a three-year, $100 million deal, a similar deal to what we see Geno Smith uh, getting with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to disagree. I think this guy's done. Honestly, wow. he, he came in as the starter only because there was no other options for Brian Dable. This guy does not fit Brian Dable's offense. Brian Dable is a pass happy guy. Daniel Jones, unfortunately, is an awkward quarterback who could barely throw accurately and for whatever reason decide to become Oh, Lamar Jackson kind of clone and start <laughs> running with the football on every single play. This guy is not worth the money that he's asking for. And quite frankly, if he doesn't smart up, he's going to find himself as a backup quarterback next year in the NFL. Whatever the Giants are offering you, take it, Daniel Jones. Don't start negotiating, trying. You think you can win the lottery like Derek Carr? It ain't happening. There's too many talented quarterbacks in this draft. The New York Giants could very well flip the script on a dime and draft a quarterback in the first round. So, Daniel Jones, I'm sorry, but I'm not buying. I'm selling. And quite frankly... He should be, in my opinion, an actual backup quarterback in the NFL and not a starter. Wow, I'm not gonna lie, Dominic. Surprised me there. I said when you, I thought you said when you disagree, you're gonna say, yeah, he deserves 45 million. This guy's the man. And I know what you mean. And I, I feel like with these guys having good years, it may be teams may may feel trigger happy. And what I mean is they may feel premature. They need to get a deal done to keep their guy. Look, I, I guess to give him, you know, credit and to give it the benefit of the doubt. Like I said, you know, just a few minutes ago and, and something I've been very impressed with him is that he, he really seemed to do it with not many receivers. And you look at his stats, his stats weren't great. So, look, it's not like he killed that he was a pro bowler and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame because of the year he had. No. But for me, I kind of like the, the the reason and or the, the fact that he started to run the ball a little bit more just because, you know, A, he trusted his athleticism. B, he's a big guy, you know, a, a quicker guy than people realize. And I'm not sure, you know, you're able to trust – 
those those receivers or trio of receivers in a late game situation. Now Saquon definitely helped. Saquon had a heck of a year. They did a really good job running the football here, and I think that it's going to be a, a similar deal to what we see Geno Smith getting done here. I think that. I'm with you, Dominic, in the sense that if Daniel Jones is offered a contract similar to that of Geno Smith, or you know, let's say $28, $29 million a year, I think you gotta take it because while he did have a good year last year, I'm not sure if I can see him replicating it again this year, just because of I don't know, the, the way that the the defenses in the NFL are improving, the way that NFC East considerably seems to get better year after year and the, the solid defenses that we see in that division. I don't know. It's going to be cool. And you have question marks at Saquon Barkley as well. So a lot of big stuff bring up in New York, Dominic, with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, potentially Aaron Rodgers there with the New York Jets. It's, uh, you know, the Big Apple, Dominic. You got a lot of uh, cool rumors there, and it's exciting to be a New York football fan now. Yeah, New York is definitely the place to be in football right now. A lot of good things happening. But mark my words. I'm going back to Daniel Jones really quick. Yeah. He does not deserve more money than Geno Smith. I know that's a bold statement, but I'm telling you, this guy does not deserve as much money as Geno Smith. Take something below average and be happy with what you got. Because quite frankly, he should just be happy to be playing in the NFL. Yeah. All right, Dominic. Fair take there. I like that stuff. Let's move on to Lamar Jackson sticking with the quarterback situation there. No deals seem to be nearing anywhere time soon. It looks like that, you know, if they're not able to get uh, the uh, deal done by uh, actually later on today, as, as we record on Tuesday, it looks like they're going to be trying to place a franchise tag on Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens. The situation seems to be getting messy, and I really don't see an, an end anywhere inside anytime soon. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen here, Dominic. What are your thoughts on what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens? Do they get a deal done? Do they franchise tag him? Are we going to see him wearing a, a new uniform next year? This is a you know a hot uh, a hot ticket right now with Lamar Jackson being one of the the main names thrown around in the off season. Where do you think he's going to end up uh, come the beginning of the 2023 NFL season? That's a big question. I yeah, honestly don't not have, an easy question. Not an easy one. No, I honestly don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, but I do yeah. have a feeling there's something called a non-exclusive franchise tag that I just learned about, meaning that Baltimore might be like, hey, here's a non-exclusive franchise tag. You can go and shop yourself around, and if a team's willing to pony up the money and give you the contract you want, we're going to get a pair of first-round draft picks. I just learned about this a couple of days ago. So that, to me, would be something that Baltimore, first of all, would be kind of like slapping Lamar in the face, saying, buddy, we're, we don't agree with the amount of money that you're asking for. And this has everything to do with Deshaun Watson's dumbest contract ever signed by any franchise in the NFL. I've never seen a ludicrous contract like Deshaun Watson, that was a desperate team. Unfortunately for Lamar, he's his own agent, him and his mom. So they just want to get paid what they think they deserve, which is the mountain that Deshaun Watson got. It ain't happening, Lamar. I'm sorry, it ain't happening. You already got injured. Your prime technically has already passed you. But there is one team out there that I think could do it and bring Lamar. Why? Because they have it in their culture having a guy like Lamar's skill set that they have seen and loved. And that is the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons just got rid of Marcus Mariota. Thank God. That was a horrible <laughs> experiment. Now, I know they drafted a young rookie quarterback last year, but honestly, I don't think he's the answer at all. And he's probably going to be a backup quarterback. Why not bring in the guy, Lamar Jackson, in a system that I think all they do is run the football in Atlanta. I love Atlanta. I think last year I was shocked that they didn't flourish at the very end. Probably a lot of injuries here and there. But Arthur Smith is a hell of a football coach. He came out of nowhere for me last year. And I do believe he could get Lamar Jackson and be just as effective as John Harbaugh was. Why? Because he's got also huge weapons that are very eerie similar 
to Baltimore. They got Kyle Pitts. You know, that's like Andrews. Almost big, massive tight end. Just chuck it up there. Kyle Pitts is going to get there. And the other wide receiver who you need to have a tall wide receiver when you're not accurate as a quarterback. Lamar, we all know, he's not accurate. You need a guy, a giant, to take away the space. And that's Drake London. This is a perfect fit. Bring Lamar in an Atlanta Falcons uniform, and you are going to see fireworks, especially in that weak division. Heck, Atlanta would probably win that division. Man, that is funny. We talk about divisions and quarterbacks uh, playing in that division. We just saw the Derek Carr signing. Now, imagine the addition of Lamar Jackson. Well, the, the name that, or the team, I should say, that's been most linked to Lamar Jackson besides the Baltimore Ravens has been the Atlanta Falcons, right? We've seen that. We've seen a lot of people say, you know, join Atlanta. And this team has a young core and a good young core. And I was impressed with what they were able to do last year with seemingly not too much to work with at the quarterback position. And yes, you're right, Donald. They ran the ball a heck of a lot, especially with Mariota on those read options, on those keeps. And Lamar Jackson, what better quarterback to do it with than him? And, you know, you talk about a team that after the Super Bowl hasn't looked the same. And that's been this Atlanta team. And I think that... Since that game, you just Matt Ryan obviously is not with the team anymore, but Matt Ryan has been on decline since that game. And I, I'm not sure Ryan or this franchise has swallowed that pill yet and accepted that loss, as weird as it sounds, because they just haven't seemed to find a way to rebuild after that. And, you know, bringing in a guy like Lamar Jackson not only would bring a ton of hype to your team, um, but it'd sell tickets and, you know, it'd provide a buzz around the city of Atlanta. You know, you know, I, I think that'd be a pretty good signing for them, Dominic. And I don't, I don't disagree with you that the system fits him well there. But you're talking about Lamar Jackson now, and for him, and if his, you know, future with the Baltimore Ravens um, is going to be, uh, you know, a solid one, if, even if it's going to happen. I'm not sure Lamar is going to play for this team, you know, unless he gets that new deal. And I honestly really don't think he will. I think if they franchise tag him, I think if they tag him of any sort, Dominic, Lamar's a confident guy. He knows what he could bring, and he believes in his ability. And I just don't think that if this Baltimore Ravens team decides to tag him in any way, will he be playing for them? I could see him sitting out. Uh, I can see him saying, you know what? That's fine. I'm not going to play for you guys. You trade me somewhere else. Uh, if you don't get a new deal done, I know what I'm worth, and I want to get paid the big bucks. But I, I just don't think Lamar's an under any circumstance will play um under a tag and i think that you know with his injury concerns and everything i'm not sure how willing this baltimore ravens team is willing to give him a new contract i'm not sure i could blame them i'm not sure i could blame lamar either for wanting to sit out so it's a tough situation there and you know if, if i'm baltimore i'm being very careful what i'm offering him because i don't want to you know put all my eggs in the lamar jackson basket when we haven't seen him you know stay healthy or really bring this team to a deep, deep playoff run over the last few seasons. So a lot of, uh, you know, quarterback controversy and names out there. It'll be an interesting offseason. Really curious to see what happens with Lamar. Got to wait till later on today to see what the uh, Baltimore Ravens do. Around this time of year, we got to talk about franchise tags, all that good stuff. You know, players don't really like to be <laughs> part of a franchise tag. Unfortunately, it is part of the way the NFL works. I want to throw it over to you, Dominic, and ask you, of the players that have been franchise tagged so far, which ones have surprised you the most? Looks like there's been Tony Pollard, Evan Ingram, uh, Deron Payne. Josh Jacobs has reportedly been tagged. It hasn't been official, but to, from the earlier reports, it looks like he has been tagged as well. And uh, of the, I think say those are the four biggest names so far that have been uh, tagged in the early part of this uh, free agency frenzy period. Yeah, which ones do you like? Which ones are you a little bit uh, not sure about? And I'd say first question would be, Dominic, which one uh, surprises you the most? Huh, that's a tough one. I honestly think Tony Pollard surprised me the most because this guy, if you're going to keep him along, you might as well just give him a big contract. I think they're stuck with Ezekiel Elliott being in Dallas. and they invested a lot in, in Ezekiel when they drafted him and whatnot. And they thought that this guy was going to be the guy, but Mike McCarthy, there's a lot of problems in Dallas. It's like, there's two different theories of how to win football games in Dallas. I agree that you do not let Tony Pollard go, but we might as well have just paid him. And if you're not paying him, that means that 
I don't know. I think Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. And then I think that they want to just throw the ball in Dallas and they want to let Doc Prescott lead the way. And I think they're, they're wrong if they see it that way, because this is an amazing running team. And to me, Mike McCarthy wants to run the football. And that's just how this team is successful. I'm not a huge fan of Dak Prescott. I never have been. You have to limit his opportunities and just focus on the running game. So that's the big question. I don't know why they put a franchise tag on Tony Pollard. They should have just signed him long-term. And at the end of the day, he seems to be the better running back than Ezekiel Elliott. Or they could just be a great one-two punch. But that's the one that really surprised me. Yeah, I get where you're coming from, Dominic. And I think that if they have to choose between one of the two running backs, I'd probably choose to keep Tony Pollard. And it's just crazy to think that, you know, like Zeke, was drafted so high by them, and you think that he'd be a cowboy for life. They're going to have, you know, a lot of stuff to figure out there in Dallas. Tony Pollard obviously has been uh, great for them over the last few seasons uh, out of the backfield, uh, catching the football and also running the ball as well. For me, it's got to be Josh Jacobs, Dominic. Uh, I'm not sure what more he has to do to prove um, he can ball out for this team. And I know he had a, a, a down season uh, or two before this season, but he had an incredible year this year. Uh, I don't think many people saw it coming. Killed it in fantasy <laughs> football, which for um, I was Josh Jacobs' owner, so I definitely really appreciated that. Yeah, so like just thinking about it, I was surprised to see that. And I know, look, Running backs are, they're, I guess you can say they're replaceable, right? They're not as valuable as a quarterback. I guess they're not as valuable as you can say certain offensive linemen. And I get that. Look, it's been more of a pass first league over the last few seasons. But Josh Jacobs, he's been like, when I think of the Raiders, I think about Josh Jacobs. He's the first player that comes to mind over Devontae Adams, over Derek Carr when he was there, over Darren Waller. For me, it's Jacobs, the heart and soul of this team. And, you know, there were games where he was literally putting the team on his back this year um, and, you know, you know, riding them to victory. It's You know, if I'm Jacobs, I'm kind of feeling slighted here and I'm feeling a bit uh, undervalued just because of the great year he had. And uh, I don't think, you know, saying, you know, running backs aren't that important or not as important as other players in the NFL uh, position groups. I don't think that's going to slide anymore because I think that Jacobs is, is super, super valuable to this team. I think he's their MVP. Um, and I think without this guy, this guy's, the this Raiders team wouldn't have been competitive this year. And especially, you know, you're losing Derek Carr now. What do they decide to do? Do the Raiders do if they're going after a quarterback? Obviously, you need to have money for that. I get that. But let's say you're stuck with Stidham, for example. Uh, are you expecting him to lead the charge? I think, you know, with a quarterback like him, you're going to have to rely a lot on Josh Jacobs. So I don't know, Dominic, I kind of have a sour taste in my mouth and, and feel for Josh Jacobs in this situation because look, I get it from the Raiders point of view and, uh, you know, you want to be saving your money and all that stuff. But I, I just thought that this team and, you know, the way that I'd say they're, they're rounded with Devontae Adams and Jacobs and that one-two punch, you need to be able to have that solid running back in order to get the ball to Devontae Adams or else teams won't, they won't respect the running game. And, you know, they didn't let go of Josh Jacobs, right? He, they didn't let him go in free agency. They didn't trade him. But I thought a long-term deal was going to get done for, for Jacobs. And honestly, I think he deserves it. Yeah, this goes back to what we were talking about early in our show how certain positions have a very short shelf life and there's just a lot of disrespect with regards to having a long career. So not only do they have a short shelf life, now you're taking their long-term bread and butter away by giving them a franchise tag. This is atrocious for Jacobs, who deserves absolutely a long-term deal. He deserves it. He proved it. Unfortunately, he has been injured here and there, but that's just part of football. And who wants to be a running back right now? If I'm a young guy, an athlete, and I'm training, and I'm picking what sport do I want to play in, why would I want to become a running back if we see how they treat the position? It's brutal. And I think the NFL will suffer from this long term. We haven't seen really a team win a Super Bowl since Terrell Davis, I can recall, through the running back position. Like I'm talking about a guy really winning MVP the whole works. I believe yeah. Terrell Davis was the last guy to have done it. So that's a long time ago. So, yeah, why would I want to be, if I'm an all-star athlete, why would I want to train and sacrifice everything to be a running back if I'm going to be a has-been after six years in my career? It's mind-boggling. 
It is, Dominic. And you know, it's something that we've mentioned over the course of our show and that we talk about the draft, right? What's the, the golden rule or one of the rules of the draft is you can't take a running back in the first round because A, their careers aren't long. B, he may not be there for uh, long term. And I think that, you know, that's kind of sad because I think that, you know, while I do believe it's a, it's a pass first league and I do believe that you need to have a good quarterback and a, and a great running back will never, ever be able to hide a quarterback that's a game manager. I don't believe that. And I don't believe teams that have a game manager at quarterback will ever win a Super Bowl. I really just not a believer in that. But I do think that you need to have a good mix, right? And you look at, for example, like the Kansas State Chiefs this year, Dominic, and Pacheco in that Super Bowl, like he had a good game. And I'm look, I'm not saying that you can't find a guy like Pacheco anywhere else where like he was drafted very, very late. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe teams think that we, we could, whatever running back we have, we could make it work, right? A guy like Isaiah Pacheco drafted, I believe in the seventh round, we could make it work like him. So why would we pay top dollar? And, you know, I, I get that, but I just feel like Josh Jacobs, I feel like he's proved his worst to this team. And I don't know. I just feel like he, he's the heart and soul of the squad. So it'll be, um, It'll be like interesting to see what happens after this season. I wonder uh, how how Jacobs feels about this. I've been uh, I'm gonna try and look into it a little bit more, see uh, his reaction uh, on it, and uh, and yeah, Dominic, I think that you know with the running backs, we see it happening a lot. Guys being franchise tagged, and uh, those are two that have been franchise tagged so far. Looks like Evan Ingram has been franchise tagged as well. Deron Payne too, and a few other guys that potentially have the chance to be uh, to be franchise tagged. So, what do you think? I guess Dominic of those last two guys, Evan Ingram, Deron Payne being tagged, and what do you expect for later on this week? Do you expect to see more guys uh, looking for a contract being franchise tagged? If so, who and what are your what are your kind of thoughts on on this so far? I know that. Uh, for uh, for my Miami Dolphins, it looks like we're gonna have to let Mike Gesicki go, which really pains me. But I think ultimately it's the right decision, just because it's not fair to him, it's not fair to us. We don't, we can't pay him the money that with his lack of production, and he hasn't been not producing because he's not good. It's just Tua just did not seem to click with him. And uh, another tight end, Dalton Schultz, that could be on the move, Dominic. So a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know guys that uh, that have proved their worth in the NFL. Could, uh, could be taking their talent somewhere else if they're not tagged. Yeah, I'm going to start off with who I think is going to be franchise tag. I think Lamar Jackson will be franchise tag, whether it's yeah. non-exclusive or not. I think they are they don't know what to do with him. They're just going to give him a one year. Whether he plays or not, it'll be up to Lamar to make that decision. Another guy that I could see uh, getting franchise tag is Juju Smith-Schuster. I think, uh, I mean... Can anybody replicate what Kirk Cousins did? I don't think they can because Kirk Cousins plays the quarterback position. Heck, you might be happy getting paid the maximum every single year, but to do it on a consistent yearly basis, that's very rare. And the only one that comes to mind is Kirk Cousins. So that's number one. Uh, You said you had another question after the franchise tag. What was the other question? Yeah, there was, uh, well, like, Deron Payne, for example, he got franchise-tagged. Evan Ingram got franchise-tagged as well. I was curious to get your thoughts on that. I guess I could uh, start that. The Evan Ingram, I was happy to see how he fit in Jacksonville. I didn't, you know, necessarily see his career, I guess you could say, being revived after uh, letting being let go by the New York Giants because he really did have the keys to the drops. But it seems like all these new pieces in Jacksonville have fit fairly well. And, you know, that brings me next to my next point. Calvin Ridley being reinstated by the NFL after that, uh, you know, gambling on his own team and, you know, all that nonsense. He is back. So this Jacksonville Jaguars team can can be dangerous. But Evan Ingram, franchise type by the Jaguars, I like this. And I think that he could continue to build chemistry with Trevor Lawrence because he's shown that, uh, you know, they had a great uh, great uh, one-two punch, Dominic, there, and, and a good uh, a good duel were um, – were Evan Ingram and uh, and Trevor Lawrence this past season. So I'm glad that uh, the Jaguars kept uh, Ingram. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? A team that makes the playoffs will franchise tag a lot of their players, or not a lot, but one or two players if uh, if they can. And I think that Jacksonville doing it with Evan Ingram probably is because of the story with Calvin Ridley, as you've mentioned. I think that they think they could have a winning recipe in Jacksonville with these players and go far. I don't know. I think they're missing a couple other pieces and I would look into free agency. Definitely. If they, if I'm Jacksonville and I'm sure there will be. Um, But yes, Evan Ingram did play very well, probably still want to see him being more consistent. Hence the franchise tag. If he does it two years in a row, 
he'll definitely be able to play for Jacksonville long-term after that. Yeah, I think it's, you know, for them, they got uh, they got a good young core there, and I think that they're, you know, heading in the right direction. So it'll be, uh, it'll be you know, something to monitor for sure. Uh, over the uh, the course of next season, how Jacksonville is able to do with uh, with these young guys and how really is going to fit in this team. I can see him fitting well. And, I, you know, you I think people forgot that this team has Calvin Ridley, right? Just because of the, excuse me, the year they had and with their pieces already fitting. I, how do you think Calvin Ridley is going to fit in this offense? I can see him being dynamic for this team. I think, excuse me, he's going to fit well. And honestly, Dominic, with the question marks we see with Tennessee, Indianapolis there, Jacksonville can be the team to win this AFC South for the next few seasons. And I really never thought I'd be saying that so early in Trevor Lawrence's career. But, you know, Calvin Ridley, Dom, when he was with the Atlanta Falcons, he put up numbers. And there were games where he was outperforming Julio Jones consistently. Right? He was a number one guy. He was a number one target, leading them in yards and catches and receptions. This Jacksonville Jaguars team is fun. I don't want to jump the gun just yet because we've seen... A lot of times in the NFL has overhyped these young teams that haven't been able to get the job done as of yet. But I think that massive comeback win against the Chargers in the in the playoffs this past year proved a lot for the Jacksonville. And I think that you can only get better with a guy like Calvin Ridley. So I don't know, Dominic, a team, my number one team to monitor coming into next season for me, probably got to be Jacksonville, believe it or not. It's a good team. I mean, when you have a franchise quarterback that you're building out of out from i think that you have an opportunity to exceed expectation and that division is as you said wide open especially if derrick henry leaves the tennessee titans that would be mind-boggling but then again it could very well happen and as for calvin ridley it's a wild card they picked him up they don't really know what they got until training camp arrives and we see the chemistry so if there's chemistry there Sure, Calvin Ridley will be successful, and I think he will eventually outseed Christian Kirk as the number one run receiver in Jacksonville. But there's a lot of ifs there. So I want to see a guy that comes in there and really balls out from day one in training camp. And unfortunately, you know, we all have issues, personal issues. Let's hope that he's over his personal issues and that he can be a professional and go out there and play football for the Jacksonville Jaguars. For sure. I think that everyone's uh, hoping for the same and I want to see him back in action there. Just over a few minutes uh, left on the show. We got our show next Thursday. I'm curious to see if there's going to be any big deals done before our next show. My gut is telling me, Dominic, I think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers in a New York Jets uniform. And that's going to be something that we're dissecting when we come back in our next show in a week from today. I just see it happening. I feel it. I don't know. It's more of a, you know, one of those feelings. And I just see with them having mutual interest in each other. Why not take a swing at A-Rod? So I think that's going to end the show is I'm going to say next show will be dissecting the Aaron Rodgers trade to the New York Jets. And he's going to be taking his talents to New York. That's my prediction before next show. It's a very good prediction, but I will stick with what I said in the off season, which was, I honestly think that he will end up with the Raiders. I think the combination with Rodgers and Adams is something all fans want to relive and appreciate. And why not just have the best division in football in the AFC West and get all the fans really excited for next year. I think he's going to be a Raider when it's all said and done. Hey, who said the NFL offseason wasn't exciting? You got free agency, you got the draft, a lot of great stuff. All right, folks, that's it for our show this week. Hope you enjoyed. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Thank you for tuning in. Dominic and I were uh, appreciative of that uh, that two-week break, got our batteries recharged. And, yeah, we're back. glad to, to be back. And, yeah, this is going to be an exciting offseason, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, you are listening to CJLO, 69 a.m. in Montreal.